Star Wars 7x7 episode 424. Today we talk about what we promised we'd talk about in episode 423 yesterday, and that is the rumor about the digital resurrection of Peter Cushing to play the role of Governor Tarkin in Rogue One, a Star Wars story next year. Punch it, Chewie. It's rebel-rousing fun for everyday Jedi. Seven minutes a day, seven days a week. Join Alan Voivod for today's Star Wars 7x7 podcast. Destiny Unleashed. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and I guess I should start at the top by acknowledging the fact that, generally speaking, we don't trade in rumors and leaks and spoilers directly here on the podcast. Usually that's stuff that you can, of course, find at the blog post for a given show's episode at sw7x7.com. But this particular one kind of transcended the bounds of a typical rumor or leak or spoiler, the idea that... Uh, Governor Tarkin might appear in Rogue One, a Star Wars story. I think we all kind of suspected that that was a possibility, uh, considering the time frame in which the movie happens, and the same thing with Darth Vader as well. I mean, you know, how do you do a movie like that without him appearing in it? But now we've got a much bigger fish to fry, and that is the issue of digitally resurrecting a dead actor in the likeness of Peter Cushing, to play Tarkin. This is what's being rumored, as reported in the Daily Mail on Sunday. And unfortunately, there are a couple of things about it that (laughs) either the Daily Mail just doesn't uh, bother to fact check, or the person um, who they're quoting as a source somehow is unfamiliar with the Star Wars saga to the degree that it just makes me suspicious about the darn thing. I mean, here are the quotes. Uh, A source told the Daily Mail on Sunday, quote, This is one of the most complex and costly CGI recreations ever. Cushing is a pivotal plot line as he was the one to create Darth Vader, and there's a whole backstory that will come out. Unquote. All right. Really? He was the one to create Vader? Come on, Daily Mail. I'm actually shocked that the comment section hasn't exploded (laughs) over this thing. In fact, of the 50-odd comments on the site as of this episode's recording, only one of them takes that particular comment to task. And uh, here's the other comment from the source. They say, quote, They are going through hours and hours of old footage from the horror movies to recreate his legs and feet to produce realistic movements, said the source. It is eerie to see someone who has been dead for so long come to life on a screen, unquote. And this, of course, is a famous reference, or a reference to the famous, I should more properly say, fact that Peter Cushing wore slippers on the set of Star Wars because the boots hurt his feet so when he complained to George Lucas about it, so you actually don't get a shot of his feet, really, or of him moving around and walking in Imperial boots during the movie. But as one commenter in that article pointed out, why would you need to spend all that money on the CGI of a new technology and of watching hundreds of hours of footage when you could just as easily have an actor who is talented in impersonation be able to watch those movies himself and be able to mimic his body movements, mimic the way he walks, mimic his uh, physique, mimic his uh, you know way of holding and carrying himself. It would be so much easier, and yeah, I know everyone wants to push the, uh, the limits of technology here and there, but why bother? Why go to the trouble for this? Is it really worth it to, to that level, especially when such a, an obvious solution exists right, right there? Not to mention the fact that we had the actor Wayne Pygram 
uh, P-Y-G-R-A-M, portray Governor Tarkin at the end of Revenge of the Sith in 2005. And it puts me in mind of the Harry Potter movies when we lost Richard Harris after the first two movies and Michael Gambon uh, took on Gambon, Gambon, sorry, <laughs> took on the role of Professor Dumbledore from movie three on. I mean, nobody had a problem with the fact that they replaced him. I think people would have had more of a problem if they tried to digitally recreate Richard Harris and put words in his mouth for all intents and purposes. But it's a weird new world we're living in. I don't know if you got the chance to see the Ant-Man movie that came out in July this year, but uh, if you hadn't, then I'll simply tell you that for the beginning scenes, they had uh, a set piece in 1989, and they used footage from 1989, like 1980s Michael Douglas movies, to basically digitally de-age his character and make him look like Michael Douglas would have looked like in 1989 for that, you know, for that opening prologue of Ant-Man. They did a similar thing to Jeff Bridges in Tron Legacy, and you know, this has been going on for a few years in fact but with the likes of jeff bridges or michael douglas who are still alive when this is happening seems kind of a different animal and yet you also have things where for example this goes back into commercials into the 1990s like i don't know if you remember when they took out ginger rogers uh from a uh, fred astaire and ginger rogers dance routine and they replaced ginger with a dirt devil vacuum cleaner and had fred astaire doing dance moves with the dirt devil this of course was you know like long after Fred Astaire was gone and it was just using existing footage and they just removed Ginger Rogers and put in the vacuum cleaner. And people got up in arms about that, basically. But that wasn't even making Fred Astaire do things, really, that he hadn't already been doing in that movie. They just substituted his dance partner. This idea of having Peter Cushing come back from the dead and play this character with new lines and whatnot, I personally, this is my opinion... I think that they ought not to do it. I think this is really crossing the line of what we want to do, not only just as a technology thing, like why do we need to push it to this limit, but even also just as a storytelling thing. Why do we need to take ourselves out of the story to the degree of going, oh my gosh, that's a dead person that they're making come back to life and perform? I mean, I spent more than a few minutes watching Ant-Man not enjoying the movie, but actually thinking, how did they do that with Michael Douglas? It took me out of the movie and movies like Star Wars they thrive on being immersive experiences that don't have immediate references to the outside world that's why the Tarzan yell in Return of the Jedi is so hated I think the experience falls apart if they put in a digital Peter Cushing, but I'd love to know what you think. Um, agree or disagree? Chime into the blog post for this show's episode at SW7X7.com Quick, it's trivia time! Dangerous and disturbing this puzzle is. Last time we asked you who threw a, quote, landmine, unquote, ugh, into an Imperial walker during the Battle of Hoth, and that was Luke Skywalker throwing a thermal detonator, one of the rare times that Trivial Pursuit lets us down. Today's question, what two words of advice did Leia give Luke when he decided to confront Vader on Endor? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7, and hey... Before your scopes go dead and you start the landing cycle, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'd be spectacularly grateful if you put a little something in the tip jar at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a slimy mud hole, it's destiny unleashed. 
This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, and all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2015 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.